Come on. Welcome to Life Flood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Casa Grant. Casa, are you ready to do this? I am. Thank you so much. Yeah, excited to have you on. Cassie is a leadership coach who transforms offbeat leaders so they can communicate clearly, get more buy-in, and feel great about how they're spending their time. Again, excited to have you on, Cassie. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh, boy. Three questions. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I think, well, I'm, I live in New Zealand, so that's a big part of my personal life. So, I get to... Uh, enjoy New Zealand and also connect with most of my clients are actually American. Uh, and it's really fun. I love living here. I love having adventures. Uh, I've done a lot of traveling. I knew I wanted to travel a lot when I was young. And so I, um, not that I'm super old now, but you know, when I was in, in my teens and so I went ahead and did that and it was amazing. Um, but it definitely led me to kind of an offbeat, uh, what I would call an offbeat background. And when I, um, after I finished grad school, I was down in Antarctica working on and off for about five years and met my partner and then moved to New Zealand. So when I got out of Antarctica, I felt really unmoored. I felt like I really didn't have a network. I really hadn't kind of uh, built my career in the way other people would, or not everybody clearly, but it felt very um, disconnected. So when I started, that's when I started coaching. Well, I started copywriting first, but um, then I moved into starting my own business basically. And it was really powerful. I mean, I think you could probably attest to this. Like if you want to have a huge personal growth journey, start your own business. <laughs> For sure. It brings up basically every single thing that can come up. So, uh, been doing that and loving it. But what, what really, I knew I wanted, I, I, when I first started my own business, I thought, Ooh, what will people pay me for? They'll pay me for a service, a skill, copywriting. I can write, I can figure this out. Right. So I did do that. But pretty early on, I knew I wanted to get into coaching and, it was leadership coaching always called to me because um, I've always kind of been in leadership roles, not necessarily willingly, but people say, oh, she can talk and she's bossy or whatever. I don't know what they see, but they, they, they go, oh, she'll be good for that. And then you're going, what the hell am I doing? I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and I'm also, I feel like I'm not qualified, right? So, but throughout my life, I mean, I started, uh, I was a teacher for years and then I was, a um, adventure travel bus driver. We did trips all through actually Arizona, spent a lot of time there, um, all over the U S and Mexico. So those types of leadership experiences. And then of course, what I did in Antarctica really helped me build a very flexible idea of what leadership is and should be. And, um, help my, and it helps my clients that way too, because when you've seen a lot of random stuff happen when anything can happen it helps you build that resilience and i mean i think we all know that but um those experiences definitely help me put things in perspective a little bit more i think that was all the questions is that right let's see it was the personal life more about work why you do what you do well, you do what i do i will say why i do what i do is i just like making people's lives easier you know i mean when i was in leadership i was all about this system is dumb let's fix it this this way of like this way of thinking is slow. Let's try to figure out a better way, you know. And that's what I love about um, coaching and leadership is helping people identify those areas where things are not going really the way that they want them to go. So what what do you do about it? You know, do you just sit around and let it stay that way, or do you figure out a way to fix it? You know, or the, to the best of your ability, fix it, right? So yeah, that's that's why I do what I do. Is that really what leadership is? 
No, I think leadership's about inspiring people and helping them buy into not I mean buy in such a weird way to talk about it, but I do think that people really get it when you say buy in. But I think it's about inspiring people by being enthusiastic about the thing that you're doing. I think that's what leadership is. By being by being enthusiastic about the thing that you're doing. How and does does that apply for for me leading in my own life as well? Agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's I mean, I do kind of broaden my, uh, you know, idea because what a leader is, because if you're leading yourself, you're a leader, right? It, it's a matter of, um, you know, there's, of course, management skills, and that's, that's hard skills and, and that kind of thing. But leadership, I think, is more of a soft skill where you need to be able to understand, a how to lead yourself towards the things that you think are going to be better, like better. And, and that could be any number of things. It could be personal, you know, I'm leading myself to a better uh, nutrition system, you know, yeah. a better body or better health health system. Uh, or it can be leading people in a way that you're like, you know, I think this is going to make things better. And so I want to help this happen. And so if you can't inspire people to do that, um, you know, you're not going to, they're not going to, they don't see the point. They don't, they don't want to do the thing that you're asking them to do. And, and then things don't really change. Yeah. Does that make- it, it does. It, it does. I had the opportunity to listen to like a, uh, I think he was a fighter pilot and then he flew in like the Blue Angels or whatever and they talk about how if you screw up just like a the tiniest little piece, everything literally explodes. And he said this phrase, he said, you can't transfer what you don't own. And that's kind of what jumped into my head when you were just explaining that. That's exactly right. That's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah, because it's true. And and people can sense that even if, it, if it, they can't put their finger on why. If they know, I mean, basically that you're full of it, <laughs> or if if the thing that you're trying to push really doesn't do the thing that you say you're trying to do, you know, that kind of lack of it. I mean, and I wouldn't say people are doing it out to setting out with a lack of integrity by any stretch, but it's um, it is a lack of integrity. Your words don't match with your actions, or people, like I said, people can put their finger on that, and that, and then they they don't want to be followed. They don't want to follow you. Um, I mean, I would also say there's other, of course, there's other aspects to leadership, but it's, I think, uh, number one is that, that coming down to that inspiration. And that can be done in so many ways. That's why the offbeat leader thing, the way I, I work with, um, I, I say that I work with offbeat leaders, but I work with people who maybe come to leadership in a non-traditional, I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> way of, I don't have an MBA, maybe I, you know, kind of moved up into this role. I didn't see myself as someone who was going to be a leader, and now I am, and I really like it, but I feel really uncertain what am i doing that kind of thing i mean we all feel that to a degree so definitely deal with a lot of imposter syndrome and that's uh, i I think it's probably impossible to not have that kind of uncertainty or imposter syndrome who am i to be doing this as we're getting started in a new role of of any kind or trying something new and then it's even when I've been doing it forever, that's probably there's there's a little bit of that. Um, so how do how how do we remedy that? How do we get rid of imposter syndrome? I mean, I think there's a couple of different ways. Like one of which, I mean, I um, I actually just contributed a chapter to a book called Activate Your Life Three, and it's a um, book of coaching exercises. And in that book, I talk about the, the idea of alter egos. So Todd Herman um, totally wrote this amazing. Um, very comprehensive book about how to use alter ego. So that is one way to do it. It's not fake it till you make it. It's stepping into a part of yourself that you feel like you can actually be, which I know sounds a little bit esoteric, but um, instead of pretending, you 
kind of go, okay, what would Super Casa do? Or what would, you know, I, I use my, my grandma, which is, I mean, my, nobody knows my grandma, but well, people do, but I, you know, she's not famous. But I used to, I used to use Judge Judy as when I was a teacher of like, okay, I didn't feel, I felt I was 23 of teaching high schools or I'm only like four years older than these kids. And uh, I didn't know how to act. So I would be Judge Judy. And that actually really helped me a lot. So that's one way to start, not like I said, not faking it, but start embodying what you think that person might do, how that person might make a choice, how that person might act. Um, the other thing is um, just get out there and do it, you know, take little baby steps. And, you know, one of my favorite mentors says confident, competence breeds competent, confidence. So you have to be able to do better, you get a little more competent, then you get a little more confident. And I think that that's where people, a lot of people, I mean, imposter syndrome and analysis paralysis kind of go hand in hand a lot of times, right? People get stuck looking at what's the best thing. I don't want to mess it up. I have to, you know, really research everything. <laughs> like I'm in grad school and writing my thesis. It's like, no, you don't just take a little step, pivot if you need to and keep moving. Right. So, um, I think that's one of the best ways to deal with imposter syndrome and also just give yourself a little grace. You're going to screw up. It's okay. Like, we all do. Um, it's okay. Like I'm not saying like don't aim for excellence, but I think people can be really they they're much harder on themselves than they would ever be on anybody else. And we I mean we all experience this. So having that kind a little bit of extra kindness for yourself in these um, endeavors, I think, can be really good too. Yeah, I think that that's really well said. Like that we live in a time where we need to give ourselves a lot of grace, and certainly nice to extend that to others. Um, I think that there's a lot of wisdom. I, I like the idea of having um, having an alter ego because I've certainly done that. Um, I probably still do. <laughs> um, and, and that's that's something that, that, that we eventually, as we're doing it, as we are um, as we are competence breeding confidence, then 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 we find our own path and the alter ego eventually just kind of becomes, it's not that we become the alter ego. It's just that we step into our worth as leader. Exactly. And that's exactly right. Like those traits that you feel like you're not being right now, you will start to be because you're just practicing it. That's you're kind of tricking your brain. I mean, I'm really, I do uh, neuro-linguistic programming and it's, it's all about the subconscious. And so it's like, you kind of have to trick your brain sometimes. And I'm not trying to, you know, make people feel like they're schizophrenic or something, but it's a, a way of, uh, tricking your brain into building that commitment to yourself, understanding that as you do it more, you can rely on yourself more, that kind of thing. And seeing that evidence too. Um, because even if the alter ego did it, you still did it too. And that builds that evidence in your mind, which then builds the confidence. Yeah. A lot of weird brain stuff that, uh, that, that... <laughs> to be drawing pictures. <laughs> yeah. And that is, I mean, I think sometimes people think, well, that sounds really weird. I'm just pretending to be somebody that I'm not. But your brain doesn't necessarily, if, 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 if you're telling it something, you are essentially creating the version of yourself that you're interested in becoming right now. Mm -hmm. I probably I said guess, that way wrong, but. That's exactly what it is. And, and, and I think that the way that I ask people, it's kind of like, well, what would this so if we're in coaching sessions, for example, um, one of my clients, actually, she'll be happy to, for me to share this because she's in the book. But we first of all, we do start with archetypes, too. So this the idea of Carl Jung's archetypes of like the warrior, the um, caregiver, the magician, those can really help people tap into what that person would do. Right. So we can kind of use those as a as a springboard. But then so she she's sparkly, Joe, that's her her alter ego. And um, 
when we're in coaching sessions and she has a dilemma or, oh, I just don't know if I want to do this and da, da, da. I said, well, what would Sparkly Joe do? That's literally all you have to ask. And then people like, just like that, right into it. Oh yeah. You know what? She wouldn't do that. And I do that on myself all the time, actually, because it's just like, whenever you're getting into making excuses, whenever you're getting into not being that best version of yourself, it just pulls you right out really quickly. Yeah. What would Sparkly Joe do? Love it. Probably something mm -hmm. awesome. <laughs> she, you know, she would. <laughs> I don't know that that I see too many of those "What Would Jesus Do" bracelets around anymore. But there was a time where they were just absolutely everywhere. And looking back on that now, I don't know that I thought it was dumb at the time. I'm just being honest. But now, knowing what I know, I think that there's just so much wisdom in that, in having that sort of reminder on 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 my wrist of okay, how would xyz version of of me respond to this situation it's just a constant trigger to bring ourselves to that state exactly and that's what they were tapping into in a really concrete way yeah absolutely and that's a really good um analogy you know that's a definitely a good example of that mm -hmm. so how how long if I'm intentional about this, and it's, you know, the answer is probably going to be, it certainly depends on, on, on its relative. But if I am really suffering from imposter syndrome, it's like really bothering me, and I'm in a leadership position, I need to accelerate this. How, 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 how fast could I accelerate that? You mean, j jog yourself out of the imposter syndrome? Yeah, overcome yeah. that. It does depend. It definitely depends on a lot of things, right? Because sometimes uh, imposter syndrome is actually mental health. So if it's a if it's a really deep imposter syndrome thing, that is definitely a mental health. Th and I encourage people to get support for that. Um, but if you're kind of running it like run of the mill imposter syndrome, like there's no, you know, you, you don't you haven't identified a mental health issue. Um, depending on the person, you know, I've seen people turn it around within four or five sessions. Oh, so that would be probably three months, if that. Like, and, 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 you know, I'm not saying that they're all of a sudden magically like I'm a super leader, sure. you know, <laughs> but getting those co concrete, that concrete in touch with who they really are. Um, and then also how those, that, that really affects other people. I mean, it feels a little bit silly because it's like getting in touch with your values, getting in touch with your purpose, understanding your strengths, and then moving from there with concrete action steps, uh, is so powerful for people. And it feels really simple because I mean, I've done it for years now, but it's amazing to me how much that really bolsters people's confidence. They remember what it is about them that makes them important instead of kind of, you know, going for the negativity bias all the time. So just even just doing those three sessions has been really powerful for a lot of my clients. Um, and then also getting out of victimhood, you know, you probably hear this a lot on your show. Like, I mean, Sometimes imposter syndrome does stem from a poor me attitude, and it's really hard to see when you're in it. But when you start working through this stuff, you can start to go, you know what? Yeah, actually, I can change this. Um, it's not somebody else's fault. Or, you know, here's how we'll change it. Because that's what coaching is all about, is identifying the thing, shifting the belief, and then moving into action based on who you want to be and how you want to show up. Um, so, yeah, I think if you're willing and you're doing the work, absolutely people can definitely change that and i'm not like i said they're not gonna be perfect but they're definitely gonna be moving in the right direction pretty quickly yeah yeah i think that that makes a lot of sense and that's really good stuff i think that that the more intention the the more we can live intentionally and set the intention that i'm interested in overcoming this and then doing the work doing work towards and thinking about it and giving it attention 
is mm-hmm. maybe it'll work itself out. Maybe, you know, hopefully. But if it's something that you're serious about, having that 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 framework and that structure of this is where I'm going to go. This is the kind of person or leader I'm interested in being becoming, um, and then taking those steps. I think that that is the recipe for success. I think so, and I've seen it. I've seen it work really well. So that's partly why I also am biased. But um, yeah, I mean, the thing of it is, I mean, there's a story like there's this analogy of like a, a guy um, walking down the road and he sees a, a fellow on the porch, on his house, sitting on the porch, and his dog sitting next to him, and it's like just howling and crying and whining. And the guy's like, "Hey, man, what's wrong with your dog?" And he's like, "Oh, it's you know, it's sitting on a nail." <laughs> it's like, "Well, why doesn't it move?" And it's like, "Well, it would hurt too much to get off the nail, right?" And that's where a lot of people can be, right? They know that things are not great, but they're like, it's going to hurt too much to change it. So, you know, it's it's just getting off that nail and then going through that pain, but then moving into, I'm not saying it's necessarily going to always be pain-free, but um, a less painful existence by making that, taking that action, I think is the, per, that's the hardest part is getting over that. And, you know, the lack of momentum, basically. Yeah. You know, pay now or pay later kind of a thing. Yeah. Right. That is exactly right. And especially with leadership, especially if you really do want to advance your career in that direction. I've seen that many times where, you know, you need to go from having a depth of knowledge to having a breadth of knowledge. And that's really scary for people, especially as they continue to move up. They continue. They start to fall back into what they know and what they're good at, what they feel like they're good at. But getting intentional, especially I mean, it's not even necessarily it doesn't have to be right when you've moved into a new role. But that seems to be a catalyst for a lot of people or they've had like a shakeup with you know what, this is just not who I want to be. We're seeing that a lot with the great resignation. People are going, you know what, this is not the job I want, or this is not the how I want to be in the job. And so they have to start thinking of themselves as a new identity. And that can be really challenging. Yeah, for sure. All these things are, are, are potential opportunities, right? Something crappy yeah. happens, you get laid off, it's an opportunity, or you just become unhappy, or you become a parent, or you get thrust into a leadership role, or you accept the leadership role, and you've never been in that role before. You know, from my experience, it it really does require that you take massive action on this stuff because, you know, just because you're all of a sudden in a leadership role does not guarantee that you're always going to be in that leadership role unless you have, you know, the proper performance and all that good stuff. So, but I'm just an advocate for, like you, changing my situation and 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 doing what it takes to 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 make that happen. So that's what I encourage other people to do as well. Yeah. Well, and ultimately, I, I mean, this is going to sound very cheesy, but I do think what's the point if you're not trying to make yourself happier? You know, if you see that you're unhappy in certain areas, you know, it's worth it to try, <laughs> I think, Yeah. because you can be happier. It's just going to take a little bit of effort, you know. Amen. Yeah. Well, Casa, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I probably said it multiple times throughout the show, but just get into action. If you're worried about something, if you feel like you need to try it, if you feel like you're not sure, just start doing one little baby step thing towards the direction of that you think you're headed in. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be big. Just that little baby step to test, pivot if you need to, that kind of thing. That's the number one thing I see people struggle with is just doing that one little thing and then it starts to build the momentum, right? So, um giving getting into action that way i think is going to be the thing that really makes a difference for a lot of people well i think that that is great stuff that definitely gets come on come on (laughs) thank you so much for coming on where can people learn more about you how can they engage with you uh yeah so i my name is uh it's kind of a funny name it's a road in wyoming but it's c-a-s-s-a grant g-r-a-n-t um at uh 
cassagrant.com is my um, website. And then I I hang out a lot on LinkedIn and I'm kind of building Instagram right now. So you can find me there. It's just at Casa Grant. I definitely will connect with you. I love uh, finding new peeps on LinkedIn. So please come come find me there. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like my, my website has some resources for people. If you feel like you're an offbeat leader and you'd like to own that more or if you um, improve your storytelling skills, uh, I have a lot of different freebie downloads on my website and the resources page. So they're welcome to come check those out. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Casa your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to casagrant.com. That's C-A-S-S-A-G-R-A-N-T.com. Find her on LinkedIn and Instagram as well and take advantage of all the great resources that she's got available. Thanks again, Casa. Thank you so much, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. <laughs>